Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Good morning, Liz. Good morning, Deb. We always have such laughs before we press record, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I, I wish we could talk, <laughs> say what we were just talking about. <laughs> there are some subjects that even on Dancing with Skeletons are a little bit taboo. That's right. <laughs> Those are skeletons that we don't want to share. No, and you can only imagine what they could be. <laughs> I can so. only imagine. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> All right. What you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're imagining, listening audience, you're you're probably correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Hey, so. how is your Tuesday going so far? Mm. Well, it's been busy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... already, and it's still it's still fairly early in yeah. the morning, and yeah, you've so already had a full day. I've had a full day. I've I I am extremely busy the next couple months. So mm-hmm. I've been. I mean, I like have to look at my calendar and go, okay, I have an hour to do this. I have an hour to do this. And and to try to, we talk about time organization and management. That's, right. I mean, I'm really good at that, that right now, right. For, between now and the end of the year. Well, and we were talking about uh, mm-hmm. probably six months ago on one of the podcast mm-hmm. episodes, we talked about kind of the lessons we had learned throughout the pandemic and how we wanted our lives to change right. once we had some more freedom. And I wanted to say yes to more things because I feel like I had put things on hold. Right. And then the pandemic came and all of a sudden I was afraid that I was never going to do those things. You, however, wanted to say no to some mm-hmm. more things because you had been so extremely busy. Right. And yet and here, here we, we are. Yeah, here we are sort of, back, for me, kind of back in a similar pattern only for a little bit different reasons mm-hmm. this time yeah. because because there's been shifts in the management and stuff around here at the uh-huh. school which mm-hmm. has just kind of forced me to have a lot less time right and, and um, to do things that maybe you weren't doing before yes so you're not doing the exact same things you were doing right. when you were at your busiest um, right. pre-pandemic right but you are busy but it just in another field in another way yeah. yeah I mean but when we get to the holidays so starting in December I have so many, I have gigs and we've got Christmas parties and Christmas recitals and you know various things like that plus just your normal I got to go Christmas shopping for my family and I got to get my Christmas cards out and right. you know there's just normal holiday yeah. things too which I actually enjoy the rushing around and the shopping and I actually do enjoy the Christmas music but after Thanksgiving <laughs> is when it needs to start, not before. One of the radio stations has already flipped the switch just, and they're just, already playing. It's just wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just wrong. We're still, what, two weeks from Thanksgiving and they are already yeah, playing Christmas I don't, music. I don't, I've never understood that. And it seems like as I've gotten older, the Christmas music starts sooner and sooner. Pretty soon it's going to start in May, like at my birthday. They're going to start playing <laughs> Christmas songs. I don't know. So. And we've become those get-off-my-lawn kind of women yeah. who are like, do not turn on the Christmas music. Don't. I, I, I saw a post this morning on Facebook from one of my friends, and she, and she says, I know I'm going to, I'm going to, what did she say? I know 
I know I'm going to lose some of my friends over this, and then it is not Christmas yet. <laughs> like that. It made me crack up. Yeah, I, I have a friend who counts down every day, just so you know. Mm. You know, 94 days, 82 days. More shopping so, days. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> Oh, How, so what about yeah. you? Have you been busy today? I've been busy already today. Yeah, My see? husband had a had a flat tire, and so he oh. just needed, you know, he had a spare on, and he just needed that tire to be repaired. So he asked me if I would, you know, follow him over to the tire repair place and then give him a ride home, of course. But that's just, you know, then it's like, okay, so that's 25 minutes out of my real, day. That that's I, real life, Liz. It's real life. It's, <laughs> so it's no big deal. It's not a big deal. I, I had yeah. set my alarm for five to go to the gym. So I, I've already done that and then followed my husband. Good girl. Ride. Yeah. Very yeah, good. Yeah. already been to the gym. Yeah. And it makes me feel better. I, yeah. I go to the gym sometimes feeling like congested because sleeping sort of yep. does that. You know, the yep. windows open or maybe there's yep. mildew around. Who knows what's happening yeah. Yeah. Um, in an old house. But, um, and then I'm just tired. I'm like, I'm just going to sleep. And then I get there and I feel so mm-hmm. alive yeah. and yeah. grateful. Yeah. That's you know? me and my yoga. I don't yeah. go every day though. I only go every, every other day because... Yeah. It's it's hard. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I could probably handle it every day, but it's a lot of sweating. Yeah. So I might reduce down to nothing. <laughs> you are awfully thin. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'm not as thin as I used to be, though. That's... Um, hello. That's real life, too, Miss Deb. Yep. Yep. It's called being almost 60, people. And you know what? You, though, have identified your power and what you have authority over Mm -hmm. and what you do not have authority over. And working on working on that. Working on that. Yeah. And those are some of the things that we kind of wanted to talk about today was was acknowledging and recognizing our power and where we have power and where we don't. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us today, especially (laughs) thanks to social media, we we actually think that we have power over other people. Exactly. uh, We don't. We actually really don't. We really only have power over ourselves and our actions and even our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Now, even I, I say that and and I know that that kind of can cross a line because I am fully aware that um, people who have trauma in their lives oftentimes don't necessarily have control or power over the thought system in their body because it can just take a split second to trigger a thought and it's sometimes hard to reel that in. But we can learn tools that can help us to gain the power over our thoughts. Mm -hmm. And we certainly have control over our actions. But I think for me, having power over my thoughts is where I I can lose my balance and and have issues sometimes because I can get triggered pretty easily. And then I don't have power over my thoughts or it takes me a minute to get my power back over my thoughts. Right. You know. Oh, yeah. I can totally identify. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people can probably identify with that. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes I, I mean, we've even talked about this before and I've shared this with you before where every some days I'll just there'll just be day after day after day that I just have in the back of my throat this this little knot that, you know, right before you're going to cry. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like I'm on the verge of tears Mm -hmm. 
every day for days at a time Mm -hmm. and I can't really identify why yeah you know it's just something that and and like you said it's just getting control over those thoughts and there are days days where I feel like I'm not in control yeah I know that before I had the therapy that I had for all 10 years I was Mm -hmm. in a group um my my system I'll say because of the trauma from my childhood and stuff, I didn't even recognize, I couldn't even recognize that I even had the power to have control over my thoughts. Right. I, I, I did not. I had no idea that I actually could be in control of it. Um, and it took years for me to understand and little tiny little, I'll say little, little points of light that would just kind of pinpick through my, my, you know, worldview, I guess. Right. And, and, and my, my system right. of going, Oh, okay. If I can just recognize that, then I can maybe gain a little bit of, of control and power and not let that thought take me down that rabbit hole. I mean, it, it was a very, very deep and grueling process But on the other side of that now, and it it did take 10 years, and I still to this day work on it. I can honestly say that if I do get a trigger, um, I, for the most part, can can contain it. And I can can grab it and be in command of it instead of letting it take me down. Wow. So... um, that's awesome. So that, but it takes years and years and it, the person <clears throat> has to have an awareness and like kind of um, like a paradigm shift or an opening or a light bulb comes on that says, oh, wow, this is happening to me and I don't even know that I'm getting triggered. Yeah. And when you figure that out and go, oh, okay, now, now I can see that, yeah. It's, I do have control because for years I would hear people say to me, well, just stop thinking that way. Right. We'll just, just stop it. Yeah. And if any of you have ever seen it, there's a Bob Newhart skit that is <laughs> hilarious and it's called Stop It. Just look it up. It is I will. so That's, funny. I love Bob Newhart. It is the funniest thing. And, and I would watch that and I just, the first time I watched it, I had tears streaming down my face because... The, he's a therapist and he's just telling the client, well, just stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't sometimes, but anyway, that's not exactly the direction this podcast today was going, but you know, it kind of starts, yeah. you know, getting, getting our power, it kind of does start with our thoughts right? You right, know? Right, right. and how we think and how we're thinking about ourselves and the world around us and the people in our lives, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of does start there. Well, it's, it's, it's muscles. And mm-hmm. so it's training yeah. your it's muscles, muscle. you know, it's training your muscles. And so just like when you go to yoga or I go to the gym, mm-hmm. you know, the first m- couple of months can be grueling Yeah, and, and then it becomes a little easier. And then yeah. that's when you know that it's time to maybe move on to something a little bit more challenging right? right. because you don't want your muscles to atrophy. Right. And it's the same kind of painful muscle training to redirect your thoughts it really really is yeah it really is and it and it can be extremely challenging and like I said a lot of people don't even recognize that that 
you know, they're getting triggered or, and which is probably a lot of the reason why there's so much going on in the world, you know, as the world, as we see it today, all the stuff on social media, people don't necessarily understand what's driving them, mm-hmm. you know, and right. that maybe they are in a, in a heightened state of emotional blah, blah, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so then we just react instead of respond and don't take a minute to, to take captive those thoughts and whatever they might be. Right. And to understand, you know, it's very easy in today's um, political climate and religious climate and social climate Mm -hmm. to just um, say, well, this is how I feel. Mm -hmm. This is how I feel. And it must be right. And it must be right. And I'm right. And Mm -hmm. I'm surrounded by people who think like me. And so therefore we're right, right, Right. you know, and we're so siloed and we, and it's easy to find people who believe exactly like you believe. Mm -hmm. What's hard is to stop and say, wait a minute, why do I believe like like this? Mm-hmm. And why do I think like this? And is the information that I have that I have processed, right. is this true and is this right? And does this actually work for right. me? Or is it a a lifelong you know, addiction, mm-hmm. you know, to this mm-hmm. ideology? Are we addicted to yeah. this ideology or to this religion or to these people? Or whatever, and I—that's not to say that it's wrong, but we should all take stock of who we are mm-hmm. and why we are who we are. Exactly. Yeah. I I love seeing stories, and I we just watched one the other day about people who have had pretty significant paradigm shifts. Where we watched when there was a young lady, a young mom, and um, she had a daughter that has some health issues and so they weren't going to get vaccinated and she was she was a full-on QAnon believer like like she was she believed that JFK was gonna come back and all of all of that stuff that you know I think it's safe that you and I can say that you know we don't believe in that Right, right right um and if you're listening to this today and you happen to be a person that does believe those things I would I think we would ask you to consider, you know, looking a little deeper into that. But anyway, this lady, she said that, and she's also a nurse. Oh, gosh. She's a nurse. We were talking before this podcast about nurses. And um, she said that because of her daughter, with, you know, she she decided that instead of listening to all of that stuff, she was going to look at the science. And I don't know if it was her husband that kind of probed her to do that. But long story short, this lady had a complete shift in the way that she was perceiving the world and her beliefs and about the vaccine and all that stuff. And again, what was the moment that made her look at her thought process and it shifted? I don't know what happened with her. Right. But there was a big story on her. Right. Because I think there's a lot of folks that are kind of not looking at some of the science. Right. And some of the realities of what's actually happening and believing things that are well, it, interesting. Well, and that's the thing is that we can look at what another person believes and say, 
I do not understand how you believe that. Yeah. What What is possibly going through your mind? And it's easy for us to dismiss those it's people. Very easy. It's easy also to to kind of laugh at those people. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, is they're just like us. Exactly. They're just like us. Exactly. They have. They're, they want to do the best for themselves right. uh, and Always. the best for their community and the best for their country. Right. That's the thing is when you're so tied to an ideology that you believe is right and good and supportive, mm-hmm. then you, then breaking away from that ideology is frightening. Exactly. Well, it's and- frightening. And we've both been on this deconstruction path. So I think that we're a little bit more open to letting things go right. than a lot of other people are. Right. Right. It, and it, because once you get to a place where you're, where you're sort of face to face with things that you previously believed that now for me and I think for you too almost makes your tummy turn. Whoa. Yeah. How could I have been in that? How could I have believed that? Where you know, how did I get sucked into a belief system that now I don't I don't so antithetical to everything that we stand for. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. And everything we want to stand yeah. for. Yeah. And so, you know, for me I I think standing in the power to for me to be able to to um, confidently say and express out loud to the people that I know who haven't made that shift, taking my power and standing firm in that is scary. It is. It's scary because I know that there are people in my life who are going to not be happy and who aren't happy when I even allude to the little shifts that I have made, they look at me like, oh, hmm. <laughs> and I think if you, if, if I really let you know some of these shifts that I've made and who I am and how I believe these days. Oh. So, you know, being willing to stand in your power and what you really feel is right. So do you feel like when you're when you're not standing in your power with those people that you are compromising? I do. I do. And and compromising for what purpose? Just to maintain a relationship with them or to avoid a fight? I think it's or... more to avoid a fight because I mean you can you we, we can agree to not talk about stuff, which is what kind of what I've done with yeah. some of these people. It's like mm-hmm. we can get together, that's great, but let's just not talk about this or this or this. Right. And you know, we've known each other for 30 years, so if we can't talk about other things, then why are we friends? And what is this? Yeah, yeah. So that's the way I have approached it. But really, you know. You also feel like you're compromising I also, who I you really are. I also feel like, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's, a, it's awkward. But I think at the end of the day, for me, my relationships with the people I love are more important than being in a fight or arguing or anything because I'm not going to make someone else change. They're not going to make me change most likely. Although I am willing to listen, I have to be on it. I mean, I actually would love to sit down with a QAnoner who was willing to talk (laughs) to me. Right, right. So I could understand. Wow. I would want to understand it. Right. But 
because I, I don't honestly know. seeking to understand <clears throat> is is really the key to building relationships mm-hmm. and so if you seek first to to just listen mm-hmm. instead of you know throwing out you're wrong right. you're wrong about you're wrong about this you're wrong about that you're you know we love to say but you're wrong yeah um but if we just would take time to listen you just you know my daughter actually confronted me a, a few weeks ago about a situation and she said I feel like you just you know were hammering me with this information but you didn't say, hey, tell me why you think this. And she said, I really wanted you to say, tell me where you're thinking and what your thoughts are. And she's right. She's right. And I apologize to her. And I will also say, yes, and Mm -hmm. I will also say that my reason for even not wanting to listen to why she might think what she was thinking is because I am terrified of losing her. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm it's it's a big fear. Yeah. And it goes back to some very difficult challenges that we had and mm-hmm. the fact that we've almost lost her already a couple of times. And so it's just like I want you to do it this way because I don't want to lose you. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to, hey, tell me what you're thinking about this. Right. You know, and so we also have to understand that sometimes when people are not willing to open the door of conversation, it might be their very own fears mm-hmm. um, that are keeping them from wanting to have that conversation because they don't want to hear right. something that might hurt right. or that might frighten them. Right. You know, it makes me think sometimes, d- depending on my state of mind or whatever, I'll be out in the world and, and I'll just kind of stand back and think, Every single human being that I see has a story, has a childhood, has parents. We have no idea. We, We have no idea what anyone's life was really like. And it makes me think of like homeless people. And they're everywhere around here. And we we run into them every day. Especially in this part of town. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you hear... You hear homeless guys who they don't want to go to the shelter. That they're they're like sort of owning their power in, in a way. They don't want to go to the shelter. They don't want to be beaten down with, you know, Bible stuff in order to get a meal. Right. They would just they don't want to work. They so they're they're they like they're standing in their power, so to speak, uh-huh. in an unusual way that none of us can really understand. Now, there are other people who are on the street who have mental illness, and I don't think that that really, you know, uh, pertains to them. But I talk every day to guys on the street who are not mentally ill, who can have a totally clear conversation with you about anything. Yeah. And they've chosen that. Mm -hmm. And they, they have a story. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 something happened along the way happened to make them believe that, that this was a better life for them and a better choice for them. And every single human being, whether they're the guy at the gas station or the guy, the doctor, or mm-hmm. we all have shitty stuff that yeah. happened to us growing yeah. up, and good stuff. We all are this mix, and and it all forms into this human with pain and giftings and personality and we're all these just these little bundles of 
conflict and all I mean and joy and and, and happiness yeah. and sadness and you know gripe yeah. gripes yeah. And how does the world even work I mean when you think about it there's just how dysfunctional we are gosh <laughs> it's just we keep things it's spinning just, it's miraculous that we're doing as well or poorly as we are I don't know I don't know but you know what does that really mean like your power yeah. owning does that I mean, it's because that doesn't mean being aggressive right it doesn't mean i'm in charge what what do you think that really means um, i think it means trusting your instincts mm -hmm. you know and and really standing in the in the direction and moving in the direction that your instincts are leading you to and trusting that that's okay even if people around you are telling you that you're wrong. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, insisting that you're going to run red lights because I see them as green and I'm going to run them because that is my instinct is to just be free and yeah. run red lights <laughs> because I don't need, you know, authority. I don't need, I don't the, law. need the laws. I don't need to wear my seatbelts and I don't need, yeah. I'm not talking about yeah. being in defiance yeah. of what is good and right for the whole. I'm talking about trusting your own instincts for what is good and right for or you. For you. And, uh, you know, I had, I had just, I had just put up on Facebook a day or two ago, my, an encouragement to other people to listen to their instincts because I had, you know, I had, there was an, a time when I knew that I shouldn't send my daughter to a party. I even told the mother who was taking her, I don't feel good about this party. And she assured me that it was going to be okay. And it wasn't okay. She shouldn't have gone to that party and ended up being a, a bad situation. Um, I remember hearing a voice, you know, say to me, that person is going to betray you. And I didn't trust that voice. I just thought that's, that's not true. That person's not going to betray me. And he did. And he did it in a, in a terrible, painful kind of way. There have been times in my life when there has been this still small voice mm -hmm. that has just said, you know, don't, don't do that. I remember, I remember pulling out, uh, I was coming out of a grocery store one day and there's a stoplight that is leaving the parking lot of the store. So it's not at an intersection. Right. It's just in the parking area of a grocery store. And there's a, there's a stoplight at an intersection before it and, a, and an intersection after. So there's this weird little stoplight that's in the middle of these two big major intersections that's just for leaving the parking lot of a grocery store. Okay. So I remember one day I pulled up and it was green and I didn't have to wait for traffic. It was green. And I just was like, oh, well, look, I can just pull out of the parking lot right here. And I heard a voice say, stop. And I wasn't looking because I was looking mm -hmm. at the green light. And I stopped at the and, green and light and a car ran through that light. And I would have been... I have no doubt that I would have been killed because it would have hit me on my side. Mm -hmm. And I have my little children in the back seat. And who knows if any of them would have been injured or watched their mother be injured. Right. You know, and that would have been horrific. But there was just this little voice that just said, stop. Mm -hmm. And I stopped. And then I looked and said, oh, 
Good thing I stopped. Yeah, you know, I've, I've had a couple of those. Myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a, if you're in if you're a Christian, you might chalk that up to the Holy Spirit. If you're in other religious um, uh, ideologies, mm-hmm. you might chalk that up to other kinds of spiritual mm-hmm. interactions. Spirit talking. Spirit talking. Maybe it's just an instinct. Mm-hmm. But it in today's world, in the last year and a half especially, in the last, dare I say, the last five years, mm-hmm. as we've gone through such interesting uh, dynamic changes in our country, mm-hmm. um, we have silenced those still small voices for the a big, din. a big loud voice, yeah, for the noise <laughs> yeah. of of what everybody's telling you. Yeah. And so, I do think that sometimes our own insecurities get in the way, and we're like, "But, but my people tell me I should believe like this. Mm-hmm. My people are telling me that I should do this. Right. You know, my tradition tells me that I should be this. Right. I have an R after my name, so therefore I should do this. I have a D after my name, so therefore I should vote for that." And I think that we have silenced that still small voice that just says, there's more information here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, 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 and the only way to bring out that little still small voice is to try to silence the din yeah, yeah. of the loud yeah. uh, uh, which voices might, that are which around us. might mean, you know... Go off of social media for twenty four hours and, yeah. and and see how how difficult that might be, but how freeing that might be too. Right. You know, I I dated a guy, and um, one of the things that he used to say, and and I I I love this, is he would say, you know, that's your ten acres, stay off my ten acres. That's your ten acres. So in other words, I've got my 10 acres that are mine yeah, <laughs> and, and I need to tend to my little farm and stay out of yours, <laughs> stay out of yours. That's a great visual, you, you know, and it, it did. It's a really great visual. And I, and I think about that and I use that cause I, it, I just, I like that, you yeah. know, it's like, it's really none of your business or I, I it's none of my business. So that's yours, you know, yeah. I mean, we can, we can put a little gate, and say hi, and, and we can be, visit each other's ten acres. Yeah. yeah, but but at the end of the day, I'm responsible for what I think and what I do and what I say, and and for owning my own power and and owning me and who I am, and yeah. you know, and and I also think that I want to remember that if my little plot of land catches fire, it could very easily affect my neighbor's plot of land. Yeah. And I want to be aware of how my little choices and decisions in my little plot of land yeah. affects my neighbor. Yeah, and I, sure. I don't want to be aware of that. So I want to be a good steward mm-hmm. of what I have as far as my time, my money, mm-hmm. my thoughts. And but I also want to remember that I am not an island, and I do affect people mm-hmm. around me. Sure, and often negatively. And hopefully more often positively. Yeah. But I do recognize that I can be a negative influence just by the mere act of being human. Right. You know, we can be hurtful and we can be mean and we can be dismissive and we mm-hmm. can silence our neighbors. But if our little plot of land catches fire, 
we can affect the people right. around us, and it's important to remember that. Right. You know where I am the meanest is when I'm driving. Oh, I tell you. Yesterday, I had to drive out to your neck of the woods on, okay. the, on the freeway. Okay. Uh huh. I don't know what is wrong with people. I really don't. Well, and the closer you get to that neck oh of the woods, the crazier gosh. people get because they're very self-centered over there. These guys in these trucks or girls in a big-ass truck just come up on your bumper. Yeah. And I'm already going. I'm already speeding. I'm already going 75. Which in a is, 65. Which, which, in a 65, yeah. which is too fast. And, more, and they're like up. Like, and I just, it just enrages me. <laughs> it does. You know how you can recognize God. those drivers when they're not behind the wheel? How? Uh, by how they push their carts around in a grocery store. Oh. <laughs> because if they leave their big ass cart in the middle of the aisle to check out something to the right, then you know that they're probably driving a big ass truck that they mm -hmm. are pretty much king of the road. God. Because, you know, and so every time. Shopping carts are big. They are. And if I need to look at something over in the right, you better believe I'm going to pull my cart over to the right. But they don't. Right. They leave it right in the middle. And I'm like, I bet you have a big-ass truck, don't you? <laughs> you know, speaking of people that are annoying. <laughs> you mean that you are annoyed that by. That I am annoyed by their behavior. I was in... I was in Target the other day, and I had my mask on because I always wear my mask, especially when I go into any retail place. Even walking into a restaurant, I typically As have my I. mask on. And I'm the take... only one in the gym, by the way, who is still in a mask. Wearing a mask. <laughs> so I have my mask on, and there's another guy. So I'm in my cart, and I'm, you know, just doing my Target thing that I love to do. And a guy came out of the aisle, and I didn't see him. And we didn't crash or anything, but I looked at him and, and I kind of smiled through my mask. I smiled and I, you know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't say. You had smiles. Yeah, eyes. I, I did. <laughs> and I, I, we both, we made eye contact. So I just assumed, oh, sorry, you know, kind of yeah. thing. And he pulled out in front of me and, and I heard him say out loud, doesn't anybody say excuse me anymore? And I thought, oh. Well, wow. We looked at each other. We smiled. Oh, so apparently the, the what did you call it? Smi smize. Smi Smiling he, he eyes. Didn't, he smize. didn't see my smize. <laughs> um like even a couple of years ago, like that silly little interaction with a stranger would have like really upset me. Mm -hmm. Like it would have really upset me because I didn't have control and power over my thoughts enough to go, wait a minute. Well, and he insulted you. He did. And he, I did. And he made this situation that wasn't really a situation and, your fault. And he didn't, he didn't know that, it, you know, and so I didn't let it upset me. Yeah. I, I, in that little split second moment that could have even triggered me to tears. Yeah. Which is, I know that sounds ridiculous, but. It's just kind of, that's happened many times where in a parking lot and you don't see someone and you ask, and then you go, so, oh, sorry. And they're like, you know, flipping mm -hmm. you off and it would like crush me because right. I, I'm sorry, you know, but just that little thing of going, wait a minute, Deb, stop. You didn't do anything. 
you don't need to get all upset. You're, you know, you're sorry he's upset. I'm but... sorry he's upset, but I didn't do anything, you know, and, and I can choose to not let that trigger me. I can choose to keep my power and keep, you know, I mean, as silly as that sounds. Yeah. And as a smallest little decision as that sounds, for me, depending on the day, I have to make those little choices every minute so that I can stay in my power. Right. So right. that I it doesn't right. trigger me down the rabbit hole, right. as I like to say. Right. And I think if we can recognize just those even those little teeny little places in ourselves where we lose our power right you know we can we can be better and and it didn't even make me be in a bad mood in fact I called my sister and I laughed about it that's sad great. sad little old man <laughs> <laughs> who was so grumpy who was so grumpy so I'm gonna pray for him instead of instead of be all pissed off at him well you know Dad, right? you, you earlier you were talking about how everybody has a story, and mm -hmm. he has a story, and he might have been in a bad mood, right. and maybe he had gotten some, maybe he got a bad diagnosis, you right. know, maybe he got a health diagnosis, maybe he was in Target shopping for his wife who is, is Ill. Ill and couldn't go to Target, and right. so he was already not we, in a good mood. That's the thing, is we just, we have no clue right. what someone else is dealing right. with. So, you know, this reminds me about 30 years ago. I feel like it was at least 30 years ago. Um, oh, oh, you're only... Yeah, I'm only 31, <laughs> so that, that means yeah. that I my memory started when I was very young. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing an episode of Oprah, mm. and there was a, a, a guest on the show that was talking about how everybody has a story. Yeah. And so what he did was he had a picture up on, on an easel of her seating chart in her studio. Oh. And he said, to prove this, I'm going to throw a dart and whichever seat um, it lands on, we're going to ask that person to stand up and I want to hear a little bit about their story. Oh, and I love that. I know. So he threw a dart and this like older woman, you know, she's like, I don't have a story. And he said, yeah, you do. And so he, he, they started talking just ever so briefly. And then they went to break. And when they came back from break, they said, you know, Oprah was like practically in tears. You know how Oprah gets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of like you right now. Like me right now. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And and they started telling this woman's story, which now, 30 years later, I don't remember all the details, but I do remember that she was, either she was a part of the Holocaust or her mother was, and she lost people. And, you know, because she was so that gives young. Me, that gives me goosebumps. Because she was so young when her, when she got out of that and her life began, it was just kind of part of her past, and mm -hmm. she didn't count it as a story because mm -hmm. she knew a lot of people who'd survived the, the mm -hmm. Holocaust. And so it was just kind of there, you know, it was just life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was so beautiful. There were so many little details mm -hmm. about things that she'd learned and things that she'd experienced. Mm -hmm. And even she didn't recognize that her life was, you know, last week we talked about it's a wonderful life. Even she didn't realize how she had touched so many other people, mm -hmm. you know. And um, I, for years, I tried to to make this, to push this idea on the church that I attended. Hey, let's put up a big 
you know, a big seating chart on the front page, on the front, on the pulpit, and let's throw a dart. And whoever's sitting there, let's interview them. Yeah. And interview them about their their faith journey, about their life, about, you know, so that we, when we just come and we sit in a pew and we have no idea who we're sharing a pew with, Mm -hmm. and it's easy sometimes, especially at church, to get in snippy little arguments and fights. How about if we take an opportunity to get to know them a little yeah, bit better? I love that. And I could never get anybody to follow through with that and to and to do that with me. And I just thought that is something that I still would like to mm-hmm. do. And, you know, the other day I was just thinking about how angry I still am. And I try not to be, but it goes back to 2014 when I reached out to the pastor of this church, Mm -hmm. the new pastor, Mm -hmm. in order to talk to him about some challenges that were happening. And he refused to meet with me and then blocked me on social media. You know, the pastor, the pastor did. What kind of pastor is that? Well, and you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have to talk to me if he doesn't want to, but he, it's a big old church mm-hmm. in North Fresno mm-hmm. that <laughs> used to be carpeted in red. So, you know, nice. some of you who live here know what that church is. But he could have referred me to somebody else, yeah. you know, to one of the other 30 pastors that are on staff yeah, yeah, or yeah. one of the other lay people who are on staff. He could have done that. Instead, he just blocked me. He had no interest in hearing my story. He had no interest in hearing what it was that I wanted to talk to him about. Absolutely none. He refused to meet with me. And, you know, it's a, it, it was a very, very dark time for me. I spent a year just living in fear. To be honest, I, had, I spent a year living in fear because I truly felt like my, my safety was at risk. And he, he wouldn't hear of it. He wouldn't talk to me. And I just, even now, so the other day I was having a conversation with someone about that. And I'm like, my gosh, I'm still angry. We're seven years after it. And I'm still angry about that. Not that he wouldn't talk to me, but that my story didn't matter. Yeah. You know? That, yeah. Yeah. That my story didn't matter. And I had no power. Yeah. I had no power to that that situation that was that was making me feel afraid mm-hmm. has never been resolved and i still live in fear to a degree of yeah of this of of a particular situation and i don't want to see those people i can't be around those people because i i i fear for my mm-hmm. mental and physical safety and he didn't want to hear my story and you know that is something that's so important i think to all of us and i really do think that that's why we vent and we say some of the things we do on social media because mm-hmm. every one of us wants to tell our story it's just kind of it's just kind of innate well i think we want to be heard we, we want to be, be we want to be seen i think people are lonely i yeah. think people don't uh, you know relationships are hard and um depending on how you're knit together you're just shy it's hard to reach out to make new friends and right. and and to feel important and yeah. and 
And for some of us, we can yeah. have, you know, a relationship after relationship after relationship. And then we're just like, oh, that wasn't the right person. Oh, that wasn't the right person. And we can just brush it off so easily. Some mm-hmm. of us have the ability to do that. Yeah. And, and others of us do not. And others of us do not. Others mm-hmm. of us think, well, after, you know, that boyfriend didn't work out and that boyfriend didn't work out and it must be me. Yeah. And then you start to believe things about yourself that probably aren't even right. true. Well, and the reality is, is that a lot of us grew up when our, when our little young brains and bodies are forming believing things that weren't true that's right and we carry those things into our adult life and then it's much much harder to change those deep-seated beliefs because they started when we were so young with well-meaning parents that's right well-meaning parents well-meaning sunday school teachers most of the time most of the time you know and yet you know human nature and just you know there's no book on how to raise your kid without screwing them up. So <laughs> how to raise your kid without screwing them up. By Liz and Deb. By Liz and because Deb. We can, we can totally do this. We have done it. Our children are so yeah, exactly. unscrewed. Exactly. <laughs> can you imagine if someone wrote that book? Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, not to get off on, but... Actually, people did write those books. I know. And we think of like people like Dr. James Dobson and, you know, and people yeah. and, and Dr. Spock. Yeah. And there are, you know, people who have written books on right. And you know what? They weren't, they weren't right either because Not all every child is different. Is different. Mm-hmm. And, and there is no book on really how to write. There's. There, you can you can certainly find. I mean, yeah, you should feed them. Yeah, there's practical there's pra- <laughs> practical tips how to feed your baby. You should feed your you baby. Should. You should change their diapers. Probably you should give them a bath a couple of times it, a week. It, you probably should <laughs> put there's them in a car seat. There's some practical uh, important things, but but no matter how many books you read, there is no 100% proven no. way to avoid challenges in in raising your child, nor is there any 100% um, you know, perfect way to avoid the challenges that it comes with just being a human. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so the best we can do is is find, listen to our instincts mm-hmm. and stand in our power. Mm-hmm. And and I think even more importantly today is listen. Yeah. I think listen for sure. Listen for sure. Listen, 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 people. Listen up, people. (laughs) And you might not change anybody, but gosh, listening would just Mm -hmm. be such a healthy thing. Well, yeah. You know, listen to what your guts are saying to you. Yeah. Listen to what your heart is saying to you. Listen. That, that's... And listen to other people, too, mm-hmm. and and why they, you know, in, instead of hating them and being angry with them and arguing with them, we have a friend who mm-hmm. loves to tell us mm-hmm. why we're wrong. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, he spends an awful lot of time talking and not a lot of time listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure what's going on inside of his heart and head because I'm not there. But I do know that I would love it if he would listen to me yeah and you're an even better friend it would be great if he would listen to you so just listen just, just chill out chill out and listen mm-hmm. and say oh i can see you don't have to change yeah so but, listen to your instinct listen to your heart and also listen to other people throw a dart yeah and in fact let's 
Let's oh. maybe think about doing that this week. Yeah. Let's throw a dark dart at our Facebook friends. Yeah. And say, you know what? I'm going to pick one of you. And what's your story? To not talk about, but to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So what is your story? All right. So you have to do that and I'll do that. And yeah. We'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah. And I think I'll just scroll through my friend list and just as a name pops out, I'll just, I'm just going to reach out to them. Yeah. Yeah, I, already, I, I thought of the person who I'm going to reach out to. So. Nice. Awesome. Nice. All right. All well, right. we'll have some interesting things to talk about. And, you know, we kind of mentioned briefly about perhaps interviewing one of the teachers here. And yeah. I asked her. Okay. So. And did she say yes? She said yes. Oh, so I think would be great. we might, we'll have a special guest on here in the next couple weeks. So. Yeah. yeah. And she talk about a story. I know. Talk about stories. Stories. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rock star stories. Rock star stories. Yeah. Green room stories. Probably. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, so. All right. You All know right. what? Check in with us. Tell us your story. Yeah, we want to know. Because we want to know about you. We want to know what you're going through. And um, we love you. Yep, we do. And okay. See you next time. See you next time.